Blog Talk Radio. calling here from New York, New Jersey, where we've had Hurricane Sandy. My apologies for coming on late, but trying to get onto the show. I thought I was on, and unfortunately not. So good afternoon. This is Gail Davis with Listen Give, and I am going to bring on Mr. Jay Logan. Hello, 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 everyone. How are you, Mr. Logan? Mr. Logan, as you could tell, it took me a little time to get on, sir. I know, I know you're dealing with a lot over there. My heart goes out to you and everyone. So, you know, we understand. And now all our audience, we definitely understand. So it's a blessing that we, we, we're on today. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a blessing that we are on today. So, well, Mr. Logan, I know you have several topics that you're going to go into. So, everyone, you're going to have to kind of work with us today. Because with everything going on and power outages and so forth, we're going to kind of have this open in such a way that we're going to have a Ms. Zaria Angelique Brown from Gainesville, Florida, on the show today. And she is going to be talking about, she's a student who's 13 years old, and we're going to ask her about music, leadership, school. And Jay and I are going to ask her just very open questions with an open format today. Are you ready to rock that out, Jay? Oh, yes, I'm ready to rock it out. And, and then the um, second half of our show today, Jay and I are going to speak about the state of the music industry. This is a this is a subject very close to our heart. So this is a very open show, and you got to kind of work with us folks today as an audience because, trust me, with Hurricane Sandy, we're just glad to be up and running. Okay? So, Jay, let's get this show started, if you don't mind. All right. Um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, zero, the zero tolerance policies in our schools today, and uh, should we even have zero tolerance in our schools today? Um, if you remember back in the day uh, when, when Mr. Bush was president, usually uh, zero tolerance means you know getting hard on drugs and and you know cocaine dealers. We're not going to allow this stuff to happen, and that's what politicians used to say. Well. We have zero tolerance in our schools today, and basically what that means is uh, most teachers, they just want to take the, the 
kids that are doing bad and kind of put them on the wayside and kind of throw them away in the bad trash can. And we found out that that really doesn't really work well because these kids, eventually you only can throw them away for a little while, and they have to come back to school or they have to go back to the communities where they have learned and grew up at. And they didn't learn how to deal with themselves dealing within the community, so they never learned. And these kids in turn end up not learning the right from wrong. And then they have kids, and they're not able to teach their children the right from wrong. So the zero tolerance thing not really working that well. And I kind of wish it was my opinion that we need to get rid of zero tolerance in our schools and try to work along with these at-risk kids instead of uh, pretty much, you know, putting them in the bad garbage can, as to say. Um, one teacher said it, and there's a quote, uh, this teacher had said, hey, I'm not going to work with any bad children. I don't care. I'm only going to work with good children. Now, audience, I don't think that's fair to say that because, you know, all kids, have done something bad or good at one time. Sure, sure there's, there are other kids that have been worse, but I think that you have to really work along with these kids and put them on the right path. So basically, instead of always looking for something bad in these kids, these high-risk kids, how about flipping the script and start looking for something good and reward them for the things they're doing good and try to work along with them it takes a village, it takes a village, and it takes a country, and it takes people to work along with kids. And if you continue to beat them in the head, throw them in the trash, these kids are going to grow up and be terrible, terrible citizens, and they're going to teach their kids what they have learned. And I don't think that's the way of America. I think America has always been a strong country to help at-risk people and at-risk kids. Um, so I think you guys need to really ponder the thought, should we get rid of zero tolerance at this point, or should we try to keep that and just work on the good kids? Because eventually we all are in the same melting pot. So wouldn't you say eventually that those bad kids will eventually get into the good kids' mix, and it'll still, we'll still have the same problem? Um, well, Jay, I think we have a good person to answer that question now. We have, We are so excited. We have Zaria Angelique Brown of Gainesville, Florida, on the call now, a 13-year-old student who is immersed in so many activities. So can we bring her on, Jay? Maybe we can ask her about this. That is wonderful. Let's do it. I'm ready. Well, good afternoon, Zaria Angelique Brown. How are you today? I'm fine. How about yourself? We're doing absolutely well. And, Zaria, I'd like you to meet Jay Logan, our co-host here at Listen, Give Live. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm fine. I'm glad that you're with us today. This is going to be very exciting. We are really well, excited, Zaria, to have you. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you. And, um, you know, Jay and I, we've been having the last couple of weeks where we've had, you know, college students on who have just gotten out of high school, Zaria. We've had some teachers on who are and, – and people who work in special programs that bring students from urban areas that go over into different countries for their education. So we thought it would just be so great 
to have you on this week as a 13-year-old student who we know is immersed in so many activities in school in Florida so that other students out from their own peers, it's what's available, and other states with their school systems can listen to what programs are available that will help students stay in school, get a good education, and learn how it's best to communicate with students and, you know, the music and everything that you listen to. So are you ready to rock it out with us right now, a little bit around that? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, Jay, I know you were just talking about the zero tolerance in school. Can you share that with Daria? Maybe we could get her thoughts on it. I sure will. Sorry, I was. I wanted to say that uh, we we have a zero tolerance uh, program though in some of the schools in America, which means basically, I will not work with the good kids. I mean, excuse me, I will work with the good kids. I'm sorry, and the bad kids I will not tolerate. I have a zero tolerance for the bad kids, and I just don't think that's fair because these kids eventually have to come back to school. And I'm, I want to know what do you think about that? Should the teachers only work with the good kids and not work with the bad kids? Or should they figure out something to do with the bad kids to make the bad kids good kids? Well, I think that that rule was put in place not to separate the good kids from the bad kids, but to let it be known that behavior that uh, refusing to comply to certain rules will not be tolerated. You will get in trouble. But I, I do agree. Uh because you're just like you said, at a certain point, those kids, those quote-unquote bad kids, are going to have to come back and learn or fail. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, uh, I'm not quite sure how you would deal with that. I think every teacher has their own way of dealing with that. But like I said previously, I, I don't think that rule was put in place as uh, I just don't want to deal with you type of thing. I think it was put in place to warn. <coughs> To warn kids that that kind of attitude will not be put up with. Well, Gloria, I have a question then. I just I just have to ask this question, Jay. You know, then how do you, I mean, you're in school, you're 13 years old. I, I'm sure that you have kids in school who don't always have great behavior. And so how do you, what do you think is a mistake in how students, I mean, the, the teachers or the adults are connecting with those students who have bad behavior, what do you think it comes from? I mean, you, you hang with folks all the time. Can you share that with us? What are we missing? You know, I think that a lot of them do a pretty good job of uh, dealing with them. The problem is is that it continues to be a problem every day. So if the student did something wrong first day, they'll come in second day and do the same thing over. Again, that was a problem in the first day. But I think that the disconnect happens a little bit where I don't necessarily agree with is the teacher will sometimes, not to be mean, but, you know, to make, just kind of make light of the situation, kind of, I don't want to say make fun of the student per se. It's it's not quite like that, but it, to the student, it might seem like that, but then okay. that teacher the next day will, like, if they go missing the next day, they're absent or sick. They're like, oh, you know, I really miss you in my class and in a sincere, not, like, sarcastic way. So I think that uh, perhaps teachers need to be more open 
to knowing their students. I know there are a lot of them, but connecting on a level of personal interests and not just education. Wow. So what, you know, I know Jay has a question for you too. What do you think is missing in the way that adults, whether it's at home or teachers or whatever, do they talk at the students? What do you think it is that makes these kids act out that doesn't connect with the teacher as well? Is it something we're just missing that adults do that we don't realize that we're doing? I don't know. Matter of fact, I could be missing it also. Um, I can't think of a reason off the top of my head. Like I said, it could be a personal problem, like they might be going through a really tough time in their life at that point, and people just don't understand. Or, you know, teens, they just have this idea that nobody understands. So, but I... Excuse me? Do you go through that? Do you go through that yourself? Yes. Often. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, I know you had a question for Zaria. Yes, Zaria. I, I wanted to know, um, can these kids that, you know, you might have a couple kids in your class, do you think there's hope for them? And I have one more question after that, but I just want you to answer that. Can these kids be restored? Can they, or, you know? Of course. What do you think about that? Of course. Okay. I mean, I think everyone has potential, whether you choose to utilize it or whether you choose to waste it. That's an option up to the kid. Okay. Well, now, now take this for example, Azaria. Now, there's two kind of uh, programs that uh, some of the schools are trying to implement. One is called PBIS, which stands for Positive Behavior Intervention and Support. Now, that program is basically to take the things that these kids, these problem kids are doing good and rewarding them for that to get them on the right path. And that's a short uh, description of that. The other program is called Restorative Practices, which is to get them in a group setting. All the kids and all the teachers and the mothers and the fathers all get together and we kind of, you know, put them on the spot. So what, what, what uh, in your opinion, because you wouldn't know, what would you rather be? Would you rather the PBS version, PBIS, or would you rather be on the spot like in a group tribal type of thing where everybody kind of, uh, you know, put you on the spot to get you to act right? What would work for you or your, the kids in your school? Well, I don't, okay. Well, what I want and how, okay, so that's a hard one because I'd love to do the first one only because of how I feel emotionally. But for me personally, only because I don't like to be put on the spot and I get uh, embarrassed easily and I don't like to be wrong, that's just who I am, I, the more effective one would probably be the second one. Okay, to put you on the spot? <laughs> no. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to ask you, Zaria, why would it be more effective to put you on the spot if you were that kind of kid? Well... Me, personally, well, okay. Well, I'm thinking from my perspective. So for me, personally, just the person who I am, I wouldn't want to be put on the spot because if I get it wrong or it's that feeling where everyone's looking at you and then you experience it and you're like, oh, I never want that to happen again. But somebody else who's not like that, they just might have their ego hurt and do something worse 
Uh-huh. So for me, the second one would work better. But for others, probably a majority, they might prefer the first one. So the second one of being put on the spot would work as it would shock you? Yes. Got it. I have a question for you, Zara. You know, kind of coming on, you know, we're, we're, we were speaking to you from schools that have issues in their schools. I want to get on another note with you. Students who work hard to get into gifted programs or teachers who create their schools in such a way that they get the best learning out of their students, what do you think at 13 years old, in your 13 years of being in school, what do you think, how can kids get into the gifted programs and these other programs, and what do you think is important that what kind of home, you know, whether they have a lot of money or not have a lot of money, what do you think is important at being at home? You know, like you have a good home life. So what do you think you could tell other parents who may have, you know, be okay economically or may not be okay economically? What is it good for if they're in, not in situations in neighborhoods where their um, their children have access to the programs you are in, or if they do have access to those programs, to get their uh, to get their children to a point that they can bring the best out of them education-wise. Okay, that's not clear. Let me say it another way. I Zara, think I think I you... have it. Go ahead. I think Go I have ahead. it. Me... You can you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so for the child, I think the most important thing is determination, a drive, because if you really want it and if you're willing to work hard enough for it, I think anything is possible. I think you can achieve any level that you want, but you have to be willing to work on it. You have to be willing to prioritize, to manage your time. You just can't do – there are some kids who can just pretty much do nothing and just, you know, end up in that program. But if you're one of those kids who are struggling, you have to want it. And for the parents, I would say – Support, support, support. You have to don't support your child, but I'm not saying they have to make all A's, but if they get a D and you know you can do, they can do better than that, don't accept it. And that's what I would have to say. Okay. What do you think is important? What kind of environment is important for the child at home? A supportive one, a loving one, an understanding one. Okay. Now, we know your parents are pretty, you know, pretty strict. So what do you think is important for your parents to have and for for the parents to have at home as well? In addition to having a supporting and loving environment, what does that look like for a child at home? For a child at home, it it means devoting time for uh, helping your child out with homework and studying or offering uh, words of wisdom, uh, ways that uh, helped you during school, uh, experiences that you've had with the same subject and such. Got it. And 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 what about the discipline at home? What kind of discipline is in your home that when you don't fulfill on the things that you know to fulfill on, whether it's chores, school, or whatever, what kind of discipline do you guys experience at home with your mom and dad that really supports your everyday life? 
Uh, well, it doesn't really happen to me, but I would say, like, just a, a talk, pretty much. A talk. Uh, pretty much saying, I know you can do better, and if it doesn't improve, because I know you can improve, these are the consequences. Wow. Uh, Jay, do you have any questions for her? Yes, uh, Gail, and, and don't think this is a silly question, but it's, it's kids listening to the show, and I want to know, <laughs> and this is kind of a silly question, how do you go about uh, grade, getting grades? Now, I want to know, in your, in your words, how do you get a D, and then how do you get an A? And you don't have to go into long details, but just explain to some of the kids <laughs> out there, because I, I think it's kind of impossible to get a D, but can you explain that to some of our uh, listeners, our teammates? Uh, well, I don't really know because that has never happened to me. If I got a D, boy, would I be in trouble. And it's going to be different ranging from kid to kid. Because for me, if you said, how do I get an A? If you were me, I'd say, ah, you know, study every once in a blue moon. But that's not that's not true about every kid. Sometimes you have to be all like, you need to set a time half an hour each day to study this subject. At, right now I'm at a point where it's like, ah, just show up for class, get an A. Just do a little bit of studying one night or five minutes before the test, get an A. Get a D, uh, I don't know, not show up, but that'd be an F. So <laughs> intentionally missed questions, I guess. So, so, so there, when you when you're at home and you you know you got like my daughter, Gail knows my daughter. She loves computers and technology. You guys have technology. You guys grew up with technology, but I have a hard time, Gail, and you guys getting my daughter off the iPad. Is there any suggestions that you could offer some of the parents out there to get your kids not so strong on this technology? Okay, so. My my thing would be get them interested in whatever you can that's not, like, compared to me, and I have this younger sister, she's on the computer, on technology 24-7. And the reason is, is because one of the only things she's into is online. So whereas myself is I get myself involved in a lot of different clubs, different activities, and I believe that if the parent can help their child to realize some of their interests, they'll be able, the kid will barely have time for those technological devices. Oh, that's wonderful. Zaria, Zaria, do we have time with you? Can you give us 10 more minutes of your time, or will that be pushing it? No, not at all. Okay, Um, because this really is going to get into a good conversation, because Jay and I always go back and forth about technology versus you know, um, traditional methods of learning. And so I believe that traditional methods of learning are, are most important and you integrate technology in with it. Would you explain to the audience with you and your sisters growing up how your mother and father integrated technology and made sure you were involved in more other activities that would promote more social interaction as opposed to, um, you know, just being on the computer all the time? Wow. Would you share with my with the, Go ahead. Well, my parents are old-fashioned. They don't know. They're not very well at working technology. So that's partially the reason why. And they're, like, 
it's like I said, my parents are just old-fashioned, and they tell us stories about how they all look at a flash drive and say, whoa, do you realize, like, back in the day when I was, like, in college, do you realize how big a device would have to be to store this much memory? Yeah, to store this much memory. So that's, I don't... I don't really know what to say except for my parents are just old-fashioned and don't really know how to work technology. But the question I'm really asking, I guess, Zaria, is the fact that they had you engage your own minds rather than have your minds be taken over by technology, because this is where Jay and I go, this is my thought process, do you think that it helped you to use your mind and be a lot more creative in your approach to schoolwork and life? and have the technology there as you looking at the technology as something that you need rather being engrossed in it 24 hours. Do you think having those kinds of parents and having them involved and, in, you know, like these other programs you're involved in, did that help you in using your own mind rather than just looking at a computer screen all day? Uh, I would say definitely finding things out by yourself, looking at the world. You miss a lot, a lot, even when you're paying attention you miss a lot. And I'll give you an example. I mean, I I love, I don't really take a lot of photographs, but I love looking at beautiful things. And sometimes I try to depict those things. And every time I look at that picture, I always think that the camera lens will never be able to uh, uh, capture the beauty and the emotion and what it feels like to actually be there at the moment looking at something so beautiful. And so you can't just, I would, like, prefer to go see the Grand Canyon than to just look at Google Image it. It's, they're so different. And, and would you share your thoughts about reading a book as opposed to always reading on the iPad? What do you think about that? Uh, I prefer to, a matter of fact, I don't think I've, I've read maybe a quarter of a book on a device before. I prefer paper. Uh, I think it's more portable. I just, I don't know, I like it better. There's some, I like the smell of the bookstore. I like the smell of the book, the, just the crispness of the pages. I don't know. There's something about a book that can never, no matter how hard you try, be replaced with the device. And if one, so do you think you could put a lot of books on a device like an iPad or something and get the same experience as if going to the library? No, you would definitely not. I, I mean, because, well, at least in my case, I think you'd be able to find so much more when you go to the library. Because, I mean, you're surrounded by so much knowledge and so much priority and also, not just books, but the people who work there. I um, had the honor of working with some of them uh, with volunteer work, and they are just some of the nicest and most interesting people I have ever met. And if I just spent all the time on an iPad reading, I would never get the chance to meet them. And it's also like uh, I, my sister, my older sister oftentimes asks me, why do I go to the huge, bulky dictionary we have in our uh, mini library rather than look it up on dictionary.com? And then I have to explain to her how much more I learn from flipping the book open and because you stumble upon different words as you go to find your words, different 
serendipitous things that you wouldn't be able to find because, you know, the Internet's, you know, point A to point B. Nothing in between. None of the journey, just where you start, where you end. You you know, um, Zaria, I think for a lot of our audience, they're not going to believe that you're 13 years old. (laughs) I get that a Um, lot. So, um, Jay, I, I'm going to pass the baton over for the question. <laughs> well, I've got a neat question. Um, it's dealing with the peer pressure that 13-year-olds and teenagers have. How do you deal with that? You want to hang out with the cool kids, but you also want to get good grades. Can you do both, or do you have to kind of stay on the right and don't worry about the left? And if you can do both, could you explain how can you do both, be the cool kid that's always in it with the in-group, and be the book-smart kid? Well, my my advice would be stop trying to be cool. I embrace who you are as an individual rather than trying to be quote unquote cool. I consider I love myself. I consider myself cool or popular or whatever, but it's not because I'm a clone of the most popular person in the school. It's because I'm myself and I don't want to sound narcissistic, but I have an amazing personality. So be embracing myself, who I am, rather than who society thinks I should be or who others think I should be, has allowed me to not really care about wh- how my grades look to other people. That's good to know that, because that's good for kids to know that it's okay to be themselves. And the other question is, what is your aspirations for what do you, what do you want to do? What, what is your goal from right, being 13 right now? What do you want to do later in life? What are you trying to do? Ah, uh, well, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't, well, I would love to, um, okay, you don't understand because I, there are a billion things I could tell you right now. I practically have my whole life, believe it or not, for like the next 16 years planned out. So I don't even know where to begin. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. No, you plan on going to college, though, right? Excuse me? Do you plan on going to college? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, in college, I'd love to uh, spend a year studying abroad because, I mean, just experiencing other countries and comparing it to how you live and where you are, that's something amazing. And some of the memories you make there are ones that are unforgettable. So I definitely want to study abroad. Right now, Hello? even though I told oh, – I'm sorry? No, 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 I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to finish. I have one last question when you finish. Go ahead and finish, Zaria. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, right now I'm thinking medical field. But um, I'd also like to do something uh, having to do with music uh, and, I don't know, and thinking maybe uh, something having to do with uh, leadership opportunities or helping others to become leaders. I don't know, just because it's something that I'm naturally good at. That's wonderful. Me and Gail always just... on our show, the subject is real important to our hearts, and I wanted you to touch on a little bit of the subject, bullying. What do you do? 
when you're dealing with bullies at your school, and or if you see somebody getting bullied at your school, me and Gail talk about this all the time, and it's, we, we want to get your opinion. Well, when I see somebody else getting bullied, I usually stand up for them. And if you are someone getting bullied, I don't listen to what they have to say about snitching or whatever. Bullying can have a lasting effect emotionally and or physically that can haunt you for the rest of your life. You need to tell somebody. And I don't I don't know. It doesn't we have a no tolerance rule at our school so it doesn't happen often but every year we have to take like a bullying course or whatever with our deputy and uh our behavioral teacher, our dean. So so, and that's that's where I want to go to the next question. Do you have another question, Jay? No, no, I'm, I'm handing it back to you. Okay. You know, that's what I want to talk about. Now, you know that there's the public schools, um, Zaria, and there are varying schools, and I would love for you to share about, you know, I want everybody to know you're a regular kid just like anybody else. Am I, share with that, us about that because, you know, people listening to you, like you said, they're going to think, wow, she's so much older. But tell them who the 13-year-old is, what you love to do and the things that you do, and share with us about the differences you are, you know, that you find that you love about your school and what you would love to see in other public schools that they could have the same thing that you have available to you. Would you share that? Oh, let's see. I don't know. I uh, I love to I love to sing and write and act and uh I love how my school focuses on the arts. I I love how much my marching band that I'm currently in, how much we compete, how much they uh how, how much it's not so much of an ego boost because you can do a really good job, come practice the next day, and they will tell you get off your high horse because there are way better bands and you need to continue to progress. I love the focus on the arts. I love the people who they have uh, to guide children through the arts. I love the various clubs they have. Um, there's, uh, I just found out not too long ago, there's an architect club, there's a robotics club, there's a speech and debate club. Right now I'm in this interesting club called Odyssey of the Mind, and pretty much um, you have, you're given, everyone's given a choice of like uh, five different problems. They give you guidelines and you create an eight-minute skit, and then you later on compete. So I just, I don't know, I like to sketch, I like to... Uh, watch TV, even though that doesn't happen too often. I don't know. I like to hang out with friends and eat and go shopping. And, and that's what we want our audience to hear. Like, you like to go to the mall and shop too, right, like anybody else? Yes. So, so I, I got my, my other question for you is, you know, these things that you're saying, you do know that they're not available sometimes in public schools. Are you in a public school in Florida? Um, it's a public, it's, I don't know, it's like in the middle. It's not a private school because it's not, I don't know, it's 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 a very odd school because it's not exactly public school because you have to apply for it and you can't be zoned for it, but it's not exactly a private school because you don't exactly pay a tuition. 
you don't have to wear, uh, there's not a dress, well, there's a dress code, but you don't have to wear a certain outfit. But but it's a research and development school, which means they choose, out of the students who apply, they want it to reflect Florida as much as they can. So say that, I'm just throwing out a number here, a statistic. Uh, Say uh, Florida was 30% African American. Then the school's uh, student body would be 30% African American. Got it. uh, It's also a very small school, too. So it's a lot smaller than usual schools. Uh, I I like it there. I I have, I mean, there's, of course, no school is perfect. There are pros and cons to the school. What do you think? What do you think as a student? And you know that in your friends, some of your friends' public schools. I'm sure if you have any friends in public schools, what do you think that the public schools in New York and other states could learn from your school? What do you think? Because you know, most of the time they just have their regular classes, gym and music, and to the, you know, there's budget restraints. What do you think? What programs do you think would help other students, like what's in your school in public school, if they could take some of the programs for your school? And how do you think they could make marching bands and sports more interesting there? And then Jay, I'm passing the baton over to you. I don't really know if we have programs specifically. I mean, I realize that with budget cuts and everything, there is that um, concern. Uh, hmm. I would, well, the programs you really, have, like, I'm sorry, hon. I was going to say the programs that you have in your school that you just named, they're not in most public schools. Of those programs that are in your school, what do you think would benefit students in public schools if they had some of those programs? Can you name some of the programs that are in your school that might benefit other public schools? I think the one thing that I love about my school program-wise is there's uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a program. We have this we have multiple directors, and one of the things in our school is if you have a club or something you're interested in that you think others will be interested in, all you have to do is uh, contact somebody and uh, have a teacher support you. So I think that that really opens up – I think it really opens people's eyes for, like, getting – for uh, allowing them to explore other interests. Because say somebody was really into uh, different cultures, they could ask for a club like that and others join and perhaps they do some research and they bring in different foods from different countries and maybe uh, go to uh, plan a field trip to a place. So I think that's – if I – say, like, the best thing that I think a school can have that I don't believe would be too much to ask would be to allow their students to explore interests, uh, their interests by offering ideas about different clubs. That's amazing because I think, Zari, and I think, Jay, you would admit that wouldn't cost the school anything extra money. It's just getting the teachers buy-in. And, um I, my other question, well, Jay, I'm passing the baton on to you because I've, I've taken up some of Zaria's time and I don't know she has to go soon. So what are some of your last questions, Jay? Well, I, just, I have one last question, and this last question is, as far as parents are concerned, what are some of the do's and don'ts that a parent can do to get a better connection with their children or their kids or with kids in general? 
Okay. So my thing would be do show an interest in your child's life. Try to become involved. Don't try to force your way in. Don't try to get find a happy medium. Be there for your child, but don't always be there to a point where your child is dreading you being involved in their life. Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, I don't know, uh, do you support them in their endeavors? Uh, show them, talk about your experiences in your life, but uh, try to, when a child comes to you with an issue or they tell you about something, try to see uh, the difference between them wanting your input or them just listening to you. Because believe it or not, there there are some situations where it's like, well, what would you do? And others where it's just like, oh, I didn't need your input. I just wanted you to listen because I had a bad day. Um, I can't think of the off the top of my head. And I want to ask you a question, Zaria. First of all, this is well. We have two last questions for you. Can we? Do you have enough time for those two last questions? Yes, I do. Okay. So one of the questions I want to know is: I believe you had an opportunity to go abroad. Yes, I did. And, and I want to know how that experience was for you. I'd like to, and I think you got a, an opportunity to visit the Nelson Mandela birthday party, and you met someone very special there. And I wanted to know what, if, you know, you may, you may or may not know how it connects with your approach to life now, but I heard you say you want to study abroad. Did that going away connect with you wanting to study abroad even more? And what was that experience like for you? And where did you go? Um, I went to London. I went to London, England. It was, oh, I also went to uh, Paris, France, and Geneva, Switzerland. And, yes, I think it did affect my, I, I think I've always wanted to see the world, but uh, visiting uh, foreign countries made me want to visit them even more. And, uh, I mean, you I think it was just uh, sometimes you just want to feel like a tourist. So I think it was – well, I myself, I like to observe. So I'm um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. I liked – what I liked about it was just the differences and similarities you find in uh, your your hometown and going over there how uh, you could meet a person and realize that even though they live 3,000 miles away, they're practically just like you. Um, There's just something interesting about experiencing the unfamiliar that is just familiar enough, something that you've heard about over and over, finally getting to see it for your own eyes you know, it's funny. I I was there for like uh, three weeks. Uh, I went to, I spent the majority of time in London. But I was like, I think that every time I go back, when I do decide to go back, I think I'll learn something new and interesting about the culture, the people, the the place in general. I, I don't 
I don't think you can ever know too much or experience something so eye-opening and so, I don't know, just so different. Hmm. I don't know. I I, I hope that made sense. It did, and did you meet someone special at the uh, the Nelson Mandela? What was the Nelson Mandela um, party like for you? And and um, the person that you met at the Nelson Mandela party, what was that like for you? Well, I was uh, the party was kind of like a concert in a sense. I don't remember it too much, except for a lot of taller people because I'm exceedingly short. But it was fun. It was fun. It was interesting learning about uh, history that you never knew before. And I had the honor of uh, meeting and speaking with the the ambassador of uh, South Africa, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, what was that like for you? At first, I was just like I was kind of confused because I wasn't really. I mean, I, I'm diplomatic in any in any situation. You could be a stranger or whatever, but I just it was it was something serendipitous because I had no idea who she was. Um, but it was it was interesting to see how how uh, who you happened to meet and she was. Uh, she was, I was, she seemed like a very nice woman, and she got to talking, and she seemed like the joding kind of grandmother. It was, it, it, she's like any other person, I would say. Hmm. Well, what was, what was your experience in Switzerland? You said you went to Switzerland and Paris, and what was that experience for you? Well, Paris kind of smelled a little bit, but... I mean, they have some of the best Coke. I mean, it was really delicious. And I got to see Notre Dame. I didn't go inside, but I saw the outside. It was really pretty. And, I mean, just, I guess the main thing I experienced was beauty. Just of all different kinds of inner beauty, the different architects, the city, like, with Geneva, I, I uh, no, I'm sorry, I, yeah, Geneva, my bad. I was about to say Zurich. Um, I, I was able to see the mountains, and that was my first time ever because I live in Florida, and it's pretty flat down here. So that was the first time I got to see mountains, and it was, like, practically took my breath away. It was so picturesque. I was couldn't believe I was standing there looking at, something so beautiful and so real. Wow. Well, I'm going to ask my last question, and I want to know who your favorite music artists are and who do you love listening to? Okay. So I I like a, I like, uh, a lot of different genres. I'm not too picky. Um, but I mostly listen to pop. And I think my obsession right now and has been for a really long time is Panic at the Disco. And I think that's, I mean, I like, I don't know, I like, 
I just like all types of music. I listen I listen to a lot of different artists. I mean, I really like the the uh, song Taylor Swift has out right now. I really like Gangnam Style, even though I can't tell what he's saying because it's all in Korean. But it's got a nice beat and it makes me want to dance. So I like I like anything pretty much. Do you like what? Do you like any rap or do you like Lady Gaga or do you like Katy Perry or you, you like any of that too? I don't listen to much rap, but uh, yeah, there are some there are some songs that I like, and uh, Katy Perry wise, yes, there has there have been uh, quite a couple of songs that she's written that I've liked. Lady Gaga, she's a good artist. Also, there are some uh, songs that she's written that I like. And so, Jay, do you have any more questions before we go? I just have this funny thing, Gundam style. Anyway, my question on that song is, isn't that kind of like rap but kind of funny? And why do kids like that type of, um, you know, you know, because that, that song reminds me of um, Party Rock and that kind of music. Why Why is that the new craze, <laughs> Gundam style? Because my daughter likes that. And, she, they, you know, when Party Rock came out, she likes that. Is that the new music that... Most people your age are liking that kind of fast type of techno type of electronic keyboard type of stuff. Kind of. Well, <laughs> it, it depends. Sometimes it can get really annoying, really annoying because sometimes it seems like the same song. It'll be a different song, but it's the same yes. song like over and over again. Yes. But I think the real pleasure comes from the music videos. Because Party Rock has a very interesting music video, and so does Gangnam Style. I think that's partially the only reason, and it's the type of he, it's the type of music video that stays in your mind. I don't think that the song would have been as popular without the music video. Okay. Every time you hear the song, you can just imagine PSY doing the dance, and it makes you want to do the dance. So I believe half the pleasure comes from, or majority of the pleasure comes from the music video. Well, you know, I had a question. You know, I heard um, I heard you used to sing Beyonce. No, not really. Yeah, yeah I, I heard, so a little birdie told Jay and I used to sing a song called Irreplaceable. No, no, no. My aunt tried to sing that song, and it was, whoo, those are some times. Well, can you just give – well, I've heard that you sung it a little bit, and I've heard your sister sang it, sang it a little bit. Can you just give our audience a little bit of it? Okay. No, I, I would usually – usually I would say yes, but I can't because I'm feeling really sick, and it would be – I mean, it would be one thing to sing it when I wasn't sick. I mean, it'd be embarrassing, but when you know you're going to sound bad because you're sick, that's a whole other thing. But what if I promised you? What if I promised you? No, it will. It will. What if I promised you a uh, different time? Different time. How about okay, next so time you have me on? Oh, so you're promising to Jay? Do you think you want to have Zaria come back? Well, that's even better. Now we get her back on, and she has to sing the song. We can't ask for better. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: Do you think even sick you would sound as bad as your aunt? Ah. Uh, I don't know. It's a possibility. Well, this way you, you get, get her in trouble. 
But at yeah. least you get to tie. You get to, at least you get to have a tie with your aunt. So why don't you give us a little bit? <laughs> no, 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 not not unless we turn this into a duet or something. <laughs> well, you know, Jay will sing with you. You will. I'll sing background. Yep. Well, Zaria, you have been so enlightening, and um, we just want to like for you to say, you know, to those students who are not doing as well, who doesn't have the opportunities that you have with your parents, you know, do you think, I know you talked about your parents being old school. Do you love the fact that your parents are old school, and would you share with them, like, the music program and all the other programs that your parents have you involved with outside of school before we leave? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? The question is, do you like that, even though you say your parents are old school, do you like the fact that your parents are old school, and would you share with people, other parents and other uh, teachers right now, the programs that your parents have you and your sisters involved in outside of uh, your everyday school? Um, well, it's uh, I would prefer them, I mean, them being old-fashioned has their pros and cons. I mean, when you're trying to do... Uh, science homework and you have to go on a certain program and you don't know what you're doing and they don't know what they're doing, then it's like, ah, aren't you supposed to know you're the parent? But, I mean, I think it's, uh, I, but I also like the fact that they're not like some of the kids nowadays with their faces 24-7 and Twitter and Facebook. And um, most of the activities that I'm in, it's not that they've involved me in, um, I've had uh, I had the pleasure of having wonderful parents who allow me to involve myself in these. But I just wanted to uh, let everybody know the distinction between it's not like mom's always there signing me up for something. It's, I uh, it's an interest of mine that I that I'm pursuing. But um, some of the things that I'm doing right now is uh, though it's on a hiatus right at the moment. I usually volunteer at the library. I'm in student governments. I do uh, peer mediation. I'm in this club called OM. Uh, what else? I'm in marching bands. I'm in performing arts. Uh, I think that's it for the moment. And aren't you in martial arts, I think, or were in martial arts and, and, music, and, and music lessons as well? Um, music lessons and martial arts uh, have been put on a hiatus due to the hectic schedule of uh, marching bands. Well, we want to thank you, and I think Jay has, you know, wants to say a special goodbye because uh, Jay let me have the floor a little bit today. So we thank you for being on. And uh, Jay, is there anything you want to say to Zaria in closing? Yes, Zaria, I can't wait till you come tune those vocal pipes and come back on our show. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. And thank you. Thank you. And with that, no, we're going to go out with I Want Your Number, a song by Patton Leather. Zaria, thanks for being on. Thank you.